Good evening, Pineview. Welcome to Wednesday night Bible study at seven o'clock. <laughs> and welcome uh, Facebook. Tonight we're going to talk about end time. <clears throat> when someone says that we are living in the end times, where do they get their evidence from? Although there are many references in the Bible to the time of the end, two major books speak to the events that will occur during the time on earth prior to Jesus' return and the end of the life on earth as we know it. And that is the book of Daniel in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the revelation of Jesus Christ. These two books, which were written close to 700 years apart, complement and mirror each other in the images and words used to describe the time of the end. The reason they complement each other is due to the fact that even though they were penned by two different men during different time periods, they were inspired by the one true living God. So let's take a look at what is being said in these texts and what is happening in the world today that gives evidence to our living in the end times. The Lord told Daniel that what was shown him concerning the end time, would not be understood until the last days. Daniel didn't even know what he was talking about. So whatever was taught 80 years ago on end time might not be correct because it was not the days prior to the Lord's return. Let's take a few minutes and pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. We ask that you would come here and that you would bless us and that you would stir up our minds and stir up our hearts over your word, that we would fall in love with it and fall in love with you even more. And we thank you and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Okay, Rome. Matthew 24, 6 and 8. These verses talk about the end time. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilence, and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. In 1861, you heard me right, 1861 to 1865, the Civil War took place. There were about 620,000 humans that died during the Civil War. Just 50 years later, 1914 and 1918, World War I, the Great War, took place, where eight million perished. 
620,000, 8 million, just 50 years apart. 20 years after that, World War II took place, 1939 to 1945. 52 million perished, from 9 million to 52 million. The socialist movements of China and Russia killed another 50 million people because of political reasons, political purgings. After World War I, the flu pandemic infected one-third of the world's population killing an estimated 50 million people. Earthquakes, 6.5 magnitude or greater, have risen since the early 90s. So these things have been escalating for years. What is more interesting is what is going on behind the scenes. Who is being allowed to pull the strings? As Matthew 24 goes on, we come to verse 15, and it, focus, it seems to be the focus of the whole chapter. When ye see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, then, great, Tribulation, and I'm skipping, but it's all there. Jesus here in this verse is talking about the Antichrist, the beast of Revelation. And the Antichrist has to have certain things in place for his kingdom to come. So from that perspective, let's examine closely what the Word of God tells us about the Antichrist and the end time. Scripture about the Antichrist that was written for us to know. It's there. We, we need to understand why it's there. There are some who believe that he will be revealed before the church is taken out of this world. Paul speaks of the Lord's coming and our gathering to him that that event would not take place before a falling away and the Antichrist revealed. In verse 3 it says, For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Did you know that there are more prophecies about his second coming than there was about his first? And Jesus in Luke, chapter 19, verse 44, about the first coming, said this to the Jews, And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Judgment because of failure and not recognizing the times. So that tells me we need to be students of prophecy. We need to understand some things in Scripture. So here it goes. Is the Antichrist among us? Or are we heading toward the Antichrist? John 2, 18. 
Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. The spirit that will inhabit the Antichrist is capable of influencing more than one person at a time. As a matter of fact, we will learn that this spirit will influence nations of people. With each credited Antichrist, the church has wondered and searched, asking the question, is it time for the Lord's return? I think the Lord has allowed this so that the church would be on its toes. Verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So this verse shows me that even church people can be beguiled, deceived, seduced, manipulated, scammed, corrupted by this spirit. Remember Eve? The serpent is described by God as more crafty, subtle, subtle. King James Version. He is influencing most of the world and some of the church. Prayer is what will make the difference. Speaking of the last days, Peter says in second chapter of Acts verse 21, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. A prayer life will save you from deception. Get a prayer life. That's important. What is Antichrist? How would you define him? Anything that is opposite to the word. The Antichrist will arise out of a ten-horned beast. And that's in the book of Daniel. And I think this will prove that the Antichrist doesn't come out of the United States. We'll get into what the ten-horned beast is later. He will seek to rule the world doing his will. He's going to govern many. He speaks great words and speaks against the God of gods. He corrupts with flatteries. He speaks well. He's an order. A silver tongue. Thinks to change times and laws. He will be an advocate of change. He does not regard the God of his fathers nor any God. He magnifies himself above all and declares he is God. With that he desecrates the temple and the altar. He's not humble. He's self-promoting. He places a mark to buy and to sell, 666. He sanctions and wants to control your money and the banks. He persecutes the Jews. When sanctions don't work, murder. He will not regard the desire of women. Some believe since Genesis, the female race have desired children. 
Little girls had dolls playing house while boys played with guns and trucks. The spirit that tried to hinder the birth of Jesus Christ and the birth of Moses is alive and well and working. Anything to fight against scripture. Just look at the rampant abortions here in America. You'll find these ideas that I've pulled from Daniel 7, Matthew 24, 2 Thessalonians 2, Daniel 9, Daniel 11, as well as Revelations 13, just to name a few. What has the Antichrist spirit done in men in the past? He has sought to rule the world and do his will, subtly changed times and laws, magnified himself above all and spoke against the God of gods, rejected the word, corrupted the word, sought to silence God's word, burn Bibles. Some men have declared they were God. I believe Antiochus Epiphanes did that. He persecuted the Jews, persecuted the true church, killed children. Been going on in China for a long time. And now in America. You see, the man of sin will be motivated and controlled by that spirit. Along with the people of his government, his nation. That same spirit that has been in practice since the Garden of Eden. The same that will, or should I say, is influencing the world right now as I speak. Satan, that old serpent, who deceived Eve, will inhabit the man of sin. The man of sin will not be Satan's first victim. On the contrary, he has been in the business of inhabiting as many vessels as would allow. Nimrod, Pharaoh, Antiochus Epiphanes, Herod, just to name a few. Daniel chapter 10 speaks of the prince of Persia, a demon that influenced the way the Persian people thought, as well as a spirit that withstood the angel that was sent to Daniel. Like this spirit, Satan will also govern a nation of people. I remember Billy Cole telling a story of leaving one country and as he crossed the border instantly, he felt that oppressive spirit that had been on him lift. And I marvel when I think about Germany during the Third Reich and how so many people were deceived and corrupted by that spirit. Adolf Hitler, a man who hated the Jew, put a mark on them, sought to change times and laws, rule the world, truly an antichrist of his time. And he and the spirit in him influenced a nation of people as well as others even in our own country. I have a question that you, you can take home. You don't need to answer it. I just want you to think about it. Can a nation get rid of a demon without a revival?
Let me verify these three truths yet further. Number one, in the garden. Number two, inhabits many. And number three, influences a nation. Beginning with this section of scripture in Revelations 12. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. There are three women in the book of Revelations. This woman, who is Israel, the Old Testament church. In Genesis, Joseph dreamed a second dream, Genesis 7, uh, 37 and 9. Behold, I have dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And Joseph's father was shocked and said, you, you think your mother and I are going to have to bow down to you and your brothers? So this is Israel we're talking about here. And this Israel brings forth Jesus, our Lord. Number two, the whore of Babylon, the false church found in Revelation 17 and 18. And number three, the bride of Christ, the true church. All three of these produce offsprings. Verse three, and there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his dale to the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. The red dragon. As you continue reading to the ninth verse, you discover that this red dragon is Satan himself. Verse 9 says, The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The great liar and deceiver who influences angels and the whole world has seduced Herod and uses him in an attempt to destroy Jesus as soon as he was born. Satan, number one, who was in the garden, is the spirit that will inhabit the man of sin, but know that he has inhabited Herod for to devour her child as soon as it was born, and again, been there since the Garden of Eden, inhabiting whosoever would allow it, and we see time and time again throughout history the same characteristics in some because of the spirit they have allowed in their life. Number two, he inhabits many. And for this reason, some view these historical men as fulfillment of scripture. When in reality, is Satan inhabiting them? And his chain being pulled and saying, the Lord telling him, no, not yet. And he can't complete what he has started. But it's his character. It's his spirit. It's his influence. It's his, per his desire that has motivated him to that place. What appears to be fulfilled prophecy 
may be just the evidence of Satan manifesting his agenda once again in a new vessel. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. The child. Jesus is the one who will rule all nations with a rod of iron. Revelations 19 and 15. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. It is Jesus that is the man-child. Then the prophecy breaks off to the end time in verse 6, where the woman is helped. And in Revelations 12 and 14, it says this, And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the face of the serpent. Now, if you compare verse 14 to verse 6, you recognize that they're really saying the same thing. Except that one is saying 1,260 days, and one is saying time, times, and half a time. Three and a half. And note, 1,260 days. Only one time does the Bible talk about seven years. Referencing the end of the age. The tribulation, if you will. Only one time, seven years. Where it also talks about three and a half years. Or like the King James says, in the midst of the week. Daniel 9.27 And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Shalboa is the Hebrew word for week. And it just means seven. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. This is the abomination of desolation. This is the only verse in the Bible that clearly supports the idea of seven years, one week, at the Lord's return. However, Three and a half years is used in Daniel 9.27, in the midst of the week, as the King James says it, along with Daniel 7.25, Revelations 13.5, Revelations 12.6, Revelations 12.14, Revelations 11.2, in the form of midst of the week, time, times, and dividing of times, or half a time, 42 months, 1,260 days, 42 months, 3 times 12, 36 plus 6 is 42, three and a half years, 42 times 30, 1,260 days, all three and a half years. For this reason, we should focus on three and a half years, not seven. When you compare Daniel and Revelations, you see the same beasts. The only difference is that Daniel, there are four separate beasts, 
while in Revelations there is one beast. Revelations 13, 1 and 2. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth was as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. So in Daniel chapter 7, there are four beasts having seven heads and ten horns, while in Revelations there is one beast having seven heads and ten horns. In Daniel you have a lion, a bear, a four-headed leopard, and ten horns on the head of the last beast. In Revelations, you have the body of a leopard, the feet of a bear, the mouth of a lion, and the ten horns on it, the, the last head. And this is the political leader who is called the son of perdition, the man of sin, the wicked one, the little horn, the beast, as well as the Antichrist, who is empowered by Satan himself. Satan will inhabit the beast. Revelations 13, 4. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And the dragon, Satan, gives his power to this beast. And remember Satan's description? Revelations 12 and 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. Satan's image, Satan's purpose is on this beast on the earth. Seven heads, ten horns. The Bible defines beast. In Daniel 7 and 17, it identifies the beast to be the ruler or the king. These great beasts which are for, are for kings. That's King James Version. While in verse 23, it identifies the beast as a government, a kingdom, a nation. Verse 23, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all the kingdoms. So when one is talking about the beast of revelations, he is talking not only about the man of sin, but his government. So number three, he influences many. He influences a nation. When one worships the beast, one is also worshiping his government looking to, relying on, expecting this kingdom to take care of his needs. Government versus God. Let's take a look, a closer look at the beasts of Daniel. I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the Ancient of Days did sit whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like a fiery flame, and his wheels 
as burning fire. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So when Jesus returns, according to this passage, these nations will be around. These beasts will be alive and present. But the fourth beast, Satan's kingdom, will be cast down. Verse 3, And the four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. In Revelation 17 and 15 it says, The waters which thou sawest where the horse sitteth are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. In other words, these beasts that rise up out of the sea rise up out of the masses of people. Verse 4, The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings, and I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. The first beast that Daniel mentions is a lion, but this beast has an unfinished beast on its back that is plucked out, the eagle, eagle's wings. Is there a nation today whose national emblem is a lion? I have an app on my phone, dictionary.com, and I looked up lion. And lo and behold, number five, the lion as the national emblem of Great Britain. Traditional symbol of Great Britain. The national symbol of England began in the 12th century. Henry I, known as Lion of England, placed a lion on his standard in 1100 AD. The book of Daniel was written a good 500 years before Christ. Even the skeptics believe it was written before Christ in the second century BC at least. No doubt because of the fact that it was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And Jesus quotes from it. Since that time of Henry I, Great Britain has been depicted by the world and its media as a lion. I'm sure Great Britain did not look in the Bible and say, I want to be the lion that opposes Christ and works with the Antichrist. So, the lion had a part of a beast, eagle's wings, taken out of its back. Is there a nation whose symbol is an eagle that came out of the back of Great Britain? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think we all know that. <laughs> I believe this verse foretold and foresaw America's independence that took place on July 4th, 1776. So this July 4th, when the fireworks are going off, remember Daniel 7 and 4. There are over 193 countries in our world today. And there are over 1.2 million species of animals 
what is the probability that these two nations that fit this scenario would have as their national emblem these beasts? And the eagle, a good 600 years after the formation of the lion. Verse 5. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it, and they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. Now, who could that be? What nation is there that is represented by a bear? Well, what do you know? Some of you may remember, some of the older folks here may remember, and the older folks out there may remember, the eagle and the bear fighting over missiles. I believe that was on the cover of a Newsweek. But here is Time Magazine, The Economist, and foreign publishings all depicting the Russian bear, and the last with England's lion. What are the odds? that these three top world powers of the 21st century would have as their emblems these beasts. If my math is correct, I think we are looking at one out of a quintillion. That's like going into a warehouse and there's a billion pallets in that warehouse and every pallet is filled with $1 bills, a billion of them, and on one of those pallets in that warehouse, I have dug through and put my initials on one of them, and you've got to go in there and pick out the right one. And reach down in and grab the $1 bill that I wrote on. That's the probability. Daniel's four separate nations become the United Nations. Ignoring what God did to Babel, Man has sought to rebuild a tower whose top would reach into heaven. And I'm figuratively speaking, of course. Ignore God's word, reject God's government, and build your own. One world government. Your one world kingdom. This is Antichrist. Revelations 13, 1 and 2. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the names of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. His feet were as the feet of a bear, his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. I believe our Bible in this verse was prophesying of the formation of the United Nations. What's the probability? 193 countries in the United Nations. Over 1.2 million species of animals. What is the probability that these three nations of the United Nations would be represented with the appropriate species identifying them. These three, who are three of the five permanent members of the UN Security Council, 
What are the odds? Under the Charter of the United Nations, all member states are obligated to comply with Council's decisions. The Security Council takes the lead in determining the existence of a threat and what to do about it. There are 15 total Security Council members, but there are only five permanent members who have veto power. If they say, let's go bomb Timbuktu, and one of the five says, no, we won't, the whole thing shuts down. Those five got to say yes to whatever is brought to the table. You could say that these are the heads to the UN. I don't get into that in this lesson, <laughs> but, but no, I haven't gone there yet. Tell me if you can, what's the chance of all these factors lining up? You might disagree with the view of prophecy, with this view of prophecy, but the question still remains, what's the probability? If you are an unbeliever, the book of Daniel was written before Jesus Christ. What is the probability that three of the five would be prophesied of and that their national emblem would be properly applied to them? So, this is what I would like you to remember from this lesson. Remember, the dragon is Satan himself. It is the dragon who gives his power to the beast, the man of sin. Revelations 13 and 4. And they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is likened to the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And remember the Security Council takes the lead in determining the existence of a threat and what to do about it? Who is able to make war with him? The spirit of Satan has been in at work since the Garden of Eden. Number two, Satan influenced Herod as well as the man of sin and many others. First John 2 and 18, even now are there many antichrists. And number three, the beast not only represents the man of sin, but also his government. He will influence a nation of people as he attempts to influence the world. That government has been formed. How is that spirit affecting America? Has it affected you? Thank God there is an opportunity for us to repent. <laughs> I, for one, do not want America's beast to be strong. I want there to be less government, not more. Isn't God's word amazing? I hope you have found this enlightening. And if there is a next time, I will continue and talk about the next two beasts and what happened to the eagle. But since Mike asked, I'll say a little bit. Um, 
Brother Baxter, I believe, was anointed of the Lord in prophetic things like this. And he saw Germany in it. But I have a little different take. I believe that the spirit that inhabited Germany is now inhabiting China. And I believe that it is just another evidence of part of the UN Security Council members. And then, of course, the last one would be France, who is a UN Security Council, who is the author and the uh, builder, along with Germany, of the, uh, uh, oh goodness, <laughs> you, uh, um, yes, thank you, European Union. And it's called something else these days, isn't it? No, EU, okay. Maybe it was called something before that. <laughs> and then you might say, well, where's the eagle? Well, we had read earlier that the eagle helps Israel. And isn't that what's happening? What's the probability of all that? It fits so perfectly. It's just mind-blowing to me. So I hope that blessed out you all. And uh, Any questions? Any comments? Oh, thank you, Aaron. Well, God bless you all. Have a wonderful day.